0: Welcome to the faith community church podcast, a ministry of faith community church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. Had a beautiful drive over this morning. And as I said, I'm very excited about being here with you and looking forward to this time. If you haven't noticed, I'm not from around these parts. I'm sure it didn't take long. I can't do anything about the southern accent. I wish that I could. I've tried, but my name is Jeremy Burns. Um, Actually, my family and I, we're we're from a small town in North Alabama. Have any of you ever been to Alabama? Some of you? Okay. But uh, we moved up to Lynchburg about a year and a half ago, and uh, my wife Allison, my daughter Emma, she's a sophomore, at Liberty and my son Andrew who's a senior in high school. He's coming to Liberty to play baseball next year and we started visiting Liberty just a brief introduction about five or six years ago and we we just fell in love with the place and then when both my children decided they were coming here we we started looking started praying and the Lord opened the door for us to to be able to come. I served there at Liberty on staff and uh, we're just excited about being here and uh, and thank you again uh, for allowing us to come, and, and the great ministry that, that Liberty does, uh, reaching out to these churches who are in between pastors. I, it's, I've, I've had the opportunity to preach in a lot of places, and it's just been a blessing. And uh, Dr. Spencer, some of you know Dr. Spencer, he has told me a lot of good things about this congregation, is excited about us getting to come here, and I'm excited as well. If you have your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 7, I'd invite you to open there. Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 7, I'm going to preach a very <clears throat> familiar passage of scripture that I'd like to preach from and while you're opening there I want to share with you a story uh, that I I was told a few years back and this is on uh, Dr. Albert Einstein. He was on up in years and his memory was beginning to fade and it was said that he had he had boarded a train and that train was traveling to to Princeton and I don't know how it is today when you travel by train. I've never traveled by train uh, but in those days uh, before you board the train, you were given a ticket. And on that ticket, it had your final destination printed on the ticket. And so the conductor, he'd come around to each passenger and he'd, he'd punched their ticket. And so when the conductor came to Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein couldn't find his ticket. He, he looked in his pocket. He looked in his uh, briefcase, the seat beside him, but he could not find that ticket. And the co- conductor could tell that he was, Getting frustrated, he recognized uh, Dr. Einstein he, and he told him, he said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. It's okay, you don't need your ticket. And so Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued on the aisles and he was punching everyone's tickets. But as the conductor was uh, getting finished, he turned around, he saw uh, that great physicist. He was on his hands and his knees and he was looking under every seat trying to find his ticket. And so the conductor ran to him and he said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, I I, I know who you are. Don't don't worry, I know who you are. And the great physicist, he he rose to his feet and he said, Young man, I too know who I am, but what I do not know is where I'm going. (laughs) So friend, this morning, in all seriousness, I want to ask you that question. Do you know... Where you're going. Do you have things figured out? Do you know where your life is taking you? And and many of you are saying, I I know where I'm going. Um, I I have my life planned out. I'm ahead of the game. But the reality is, is we don't really always know where we're going. Things don't always work out the way that we planned them. Have you noticed that? You know, I was thinking about this morning, just take this pandemic. It has completely turned some people's lives upside down. Lives have been changed. Uh, Families have lost members of their families. They've lost loved ones. Churches, uh, which were once thriving, are now, uh, many of them are just struggling to stay open. That's one of the things I've learned through this ministry uh, that Dr. Spencer They're at Liberty Heads Up. We we go to a lot of churches and it's been such a blessing to me to go to these churches and they're hungry for the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. They've they've been without pastors for a long time. Some of them, and, and, and after this pandemic, some of them are just struggling to stay open. Listen. Unforeseen circumstances. They bring about change. In fact, I've come to realize at least in my life, that the only certainty in life is that life is most uncertain. <clears throat> you know, for 47 years, I, I've lived within maybe five or six miles of the house that I grew up in. in a small town in North Alabama. I came from a, a huge Family. We we we, my my wife and I we've owned a business there in Boaz, Alabama for for twenty-three years. I served as a pastor there for the last thirteen years of my life and a youth pastor before that. Our family was happy, we we were enjoying life. We had never thought about leaving, and in fact, if you'd have told me five years ago that that one day you'll move your family five hundred miles from home, I'd have said you're crazy. But the Lord had other plans for us. He had plans for my family. I I didn't really know where I was going in this life. Listen, I I thought I had things figured out. I I thought I know where we're going. But I really want you to get this. None of us know exactly where we're going in this life. No one truly knows where what tomorrow holds. The the writer of Proverbs, who happened to be the wisest man who ever lived, he he said, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. That is a powerful, powerful truth. And I love James, the book of James, one of my favorites. He he was speaking about those who had things planned out. He was talking about these merchants. They were going to go into uh, a certain city and there they were going to buy and they were going to sell and they were going to make gain. And, And he said in chapter 4 and verse 14 and 15, he said, you don't know what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Have you ever thought about life in that respect? And then I love what he says. He goes on and James gives some of the greatest wisdom that we could ever take from him. He he says, what we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or we will do that. If it's God's will, we'll, we'll do these things. Friend, this morning, if you haven't learned, uh, the message is, is that life is uncertain. Where are you going? Where, where will you end up five years from today? Ten years. Have you ever thought about that? Now, now I want to share before I get into the text, and I am going to get into the text here, But but I want to share with you a deep truth. Now, now this is deep. So I want you to hang on to your hats. Are are you ready? Here it is. The place that you end up depends on the path that you take. Now, that's deep, isn't it? Let Let me say it again. You might want to write this one down. The place that you end up depends on the path that you take. Would you agree? So so that means that you can't get out here on, I believe this was 501 that I drove up, Highway 501 or Halifax Highway, something like that. You can't get on 501 and travel south and end up in D.C., can you? I don't think. That that means that from here you cannot travel west and end up in Virginia Beach. Now, now if you're with my wife, you can do that. I've seen her do it. But that don't mean it's the best path. But you know, the same is true spiritually. Your eternal destination is determined by the path that you take while we're here on earth. Do you realize that? I believe after this life is over, it's too late. It's determined by the path you take on earth. You know, as I said, you may think that you know, you know where you're going in this life, but you really don't. But I want to tell you something. For the life to come, God's Word gives us clear instructions on how that we can know where we're going. And, and since we're all going to leave this world someday, we need to know where we're going. Would you agree? Now, Jesus spoke of uh, of eternity many times. Uh, throughout the Gospels, He spoke about eternity. And one such is here in Matthew chapter 7. And here, Jesus, He simplifies all the roads in life. I love how He does that. He takes all the roads, all the paths in life, and he narrows it down to two simple paths. Look what he says there in verse thirteen. He says, "Enter the in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is a way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it." Father, I pray in Jesus' name, let Your Holy Spirit do His work. Convict hearts and convert souls. In Jesus' name, amen. You Listen, you, you don't have to travel far from right where we're at today. And you'll find those who believe that there are many paths to God. Have you ever had that conversation? You know, I have a friend back home and he says that he believes that way. This is what he told me. He told me that Jesus, he believed, was a great prophet. A great teacher and he also said I believe that a person can get to God through Jesus but he said I also believe that that, that people can get to God through Muhammad and and through Joseph Smith and Buddha and all these other prophets that we hear about he says that God uses those to to bring people to him as well he says that all religions are part of the brotherhood of God he calls God the the, the universal father and that they're just different paths to lead, that leads to God. Now, now, I want to ask you, what, what is wrong with that way of thinking? What, what did Jesus say in John 14 and 6? I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, Jesus, God's Word has made it clear throughout the Bible, there is only one way to God. In fact, he says here, he says that there are two choices, and there's really only one choice that is right. Think about this for a moment. You know, that there are some brilliant minds in our days. There are some wonderful, educated people that have accomplished some great things. Men and women who have achieved greatness. You know, I was just thinking last night about some of the inventions that we have seen in the last 100 years. I haven't been around 100 years, but I've seen a lot of inventions. Just think about the the cell phone. Our children cannot believe that we didn't have a cell phone when we were young. And I'll tell you this, I'd have never got here without one this morning. (laughs) I was thinking last night about the microwave oven. Do do any of you remember when the microwave oven was invented? Men, where would we be without the microwave oven? My wife's not here, so I can say that. I don't know when it was invented, but I remember... My grandparents got our family, I was just a kid, seven or eight years old, we got us a microwave oven for Christmas. And it just blew me away that I could put three or four pieces of bacon in the microwave and cook it in three minutes. So I stayed up all night until I cooked all the bacon in it. <laughs> But listen, I, I share these things to say this. It, it, is, it is great and it is wonderful to be successful in life it's a wonderful thing to thrive in this life. Nothing wrong with being the best that we can be in whatever career path that God leads us on. You know, God has gifted all of us with certain talents, certain abilities, and I believe that as individuals, as Christians, we ought to strive to be the best. One of the truths that Dr. Falwell has ingrained in his leadership there at Liberty, I've read him... He made this statement several times. He said, if it's Christian, it ought to be the best. And I believe that. As believers, we ought to strive uh, to do our best for the glory of God. But the truth is, if we don't get this decision right of where we're going, then none of the other stuff really matters. Jesus first says that there is a broad way. Now that means, a, in the King James, it means that it's a spacious, it's, it's large, it, it's wide. It means that there's a lot of people that can travel that path. It's a broad way. What, what, what is Jesus saying there? When Jesus talks about the broad way, I believe that He's saying that the road that leads to hell and destruction is wide open. Anyone can travel that path. In other words, anything goes. You can live like you want to. You you can carry all your baggage of sin with you. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. The broad way is an easy way to live, at least for a while. The broad way is a way that you can go and you can call the shots. Please yourself. Answer to no one, at least... For a while but there is a sinister way to the Broadway, a sinister side you see first of all the individual who chooses the broad path that individual is not really in control Ephesians 2 and 1 says that you are dead in your trespasses and sin verse 2 he says you walk according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air you see, I, I believe that the individual, because I have been there, the individual who, who chooses the broad path, that individual is nothing more uh, than, the, than a pawn in the hands of Satan. Satan is leading that individual. He or she is merely in a, a state of existence, going with the flow, uh, indulging in the things of this world. I was reading this last night, and I couldn't help but to think about The church. Now, I'm not talking about faith community, I'm talking about the church. God's people. At least the church in America, many times we have bought into the philosophies of this world. Many times the church, we look like that we're, we're living for ourselves. The church, many times, looks so much like the world. We're, we're, we're getting all we can get. We've become a, a tolerant, compromised, pleasure-seeking people, the church has. Now I'm probably not going to get get asked back to come here, so so I'm just going to speak the truth for a little bit. If that's okay, <laughs> you know U.S. News and a company called Gert Hofstede, they both report the U.S. Listen to this: the most self-indulgent nation in the history of the world, the United States of America, most self-indulgent nation. The, the, the New Yorker published a an article recently, and it stated this, it said that American young people represent the most indulged people in the history of the world. Now, I want you to let that sink in. Does that bother you? Have any of you ever visited some of these other countries? Maybe on mission trips, some of these third world countries? I, I, I've been there. And, and I can see this. The most indulged, What does that mean, preacher? To to, to put simply, indulgence is the lack of an individual's control over their desires and lust of the flesh. It means seeking after the lust of the flesh at any cost. It means no restraints. This is the, the condition of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. In Babylon. And now, the average American has has no or very little self-control. You know, there's a word in the New Testament for that. The word temperance is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Friend, if you've been born again, if you're walking in the Spirit, then you should have some self-control. And so should I. But indulgence, it it is a typical characteristic of those who choose the broad way something else about the broad way that we need to talk about is that sin always brings pain and sorrow. Have any of you seen that? You don't have to lift your hand, but I've seen that. I've been there. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You see, sin is a great deceiver. Sin uh, deceives in such a way that it causes Uh, the sinner to completely lose his way. Sin gives a a false impression that everything is okay. But I want you to know that sin is never okay. As as believers, as Christians, as those who are indwelled with the Spirit of God, we ought to seek to not sin. We're going to sin, but we ought to seek not to. That ought to be our desire. Because sin, in fact, sin leads to death. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. And Jesus said in our text, he said the broad way leads to one to destruction. You know, when you think of something as being destroyed, what what does that bring to mind? Destruction to me, it means total and absolute ruin. Proverbs 14, 12 said, There's a way that seems right unto the man, but the end thereof are the ways of. There's no doubt that the writer of Proverbs and also Jesus in our text, uh, that they are, when they refer to the Broadway, they're speaking of a place called hell. And, and ultimately, the lake of fire. And listen, I'm not going to dwell on this, but I, I want to tell you, regardless of what men may think, hell is a real place. The word of God leaves no doubt that it is a real destination. And no matter how hard I could try, or you could try, we could not find the words to adequately describe this place called hell. Jesus, in the Gospels, if you read the Gospels, you suddenly you'll you find that, that, that He speaks three times as much about hell as He does about heaven. I, I still think the preacher to be preaching about hell. It's real. Hell, in the, in the Bible, is described as an unquenchable fire, a, a place of unsatisfied thirst. A place of unspeakable pain, utter darkness. And worst of all, I believe about hell is the fact that it's a place of no deliverance. The person who dies and goes to hell spends an eternity. They are separated from God and all that is good. And that is the eternal destination of those who choose the broad way. Now the good news. Do you know what the only good part about the Broadway is? The only good thing we can find about the Broadway is that that God has a better choice. He has a better alternative. He had a plan all along whereby those who follow Him can reap the benefits of His blessing in this life, but also in the life to come. You see, Jesus also said that there is a narrow way. What do we know about the narrow way? Well, while the Broadway is wide open, the, the broadway is easy. The majority travel that path. They've chosen that path. The narrow way carries the idea of, of being constricted. It carries the idea of, of being difficult. It carries the idea that there's only few that travel that path. You see, the narrow way is the exact opposite of the broad way. And only those who, uh, the, the ones who choose that path, Those have given up their rights. The individual who chooses the narrow path, that individual no longer lives to please themselves. We we no longer, as as believers, as Christians, we we no longer make our own rules. Paul describes it this way in Romans 6.18. He says, being made free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. I want to ask you something, Christian, this morning. Did you realize that that's what happened when the Lord saved you? That you gave up your own ownership of self? Have you ever thought about that? We no longer own ourselves. Now we serve God when He saved you. He he gave the best that heaven had to offer. And what do we do? We we, we have nothing to offer except ourselves, so we give ourselves to Him. We, We are merely servants to God. There's been a change of ownership. You no longer serve sin. Friend, the only way I know to say it is, is those who choose the narrow way, we are nothing more than servants of God. You know, I feel like a lot of times as, as, as preachers and ministers, pastors, church leaders, it's, it's easy to get puffed up and think, that, hey, we've really done something. But I'm telling you, the very best that I have to offer is, is to be an unprofitable servant to God. And I must be honest with you, those who choose the narrow way, we should expect some difficulty. Have you noticed that being a Christian, living the Christian life is not always smooth? It's not always easy, as some would have you to believe. Have you noticed that? Listen, this Christian life is not the best life now, as, as some would have you to believe. The best life is the life to come. Listen, God has put us here for a purpose. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we we, we have to struggle. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation. It's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be without trouble. You see, our our sinful nature, even though we're believers, even though we're we're indwelled with the Spirit of God, we still have that old nature. And our sinful nature, it'll find the narrow way at times uh, to be constraining. When I think of the narrow way, I think of, I think of words like this. Discipline. Now I'm not talking about being saved. Salvation is something that God accomplished through the Holy Spirit of God when we put our faith in Him. But I'm talking about walking that narrow path. It requires discipline. It requires repentance, sorrow, brokenness, humbleness. But I want to tell you the truth. And this is something I've learned the hard way. The rewards of walking the narrow path far outweigh the strife and the difficulty. At least it has in my life. Nothing i trade for it. You know, there is nothing I would trade for the peace of God that passes all understanding. It comes from Christ Jesus. You see, following Christ and His way, it's, it's the only path to true peace and joy. And no matter which path you choose, the Bible teaches that hardships are going to come. Storms of life uh, are going to come no matter which path you choose. So, what's the difference? Now, follow me. I'm, I'm fixing clothes. But what's the difference? What, what what are the big difference in these two paths? Of course, eternity is a difference, but I also believe it's purpose. So, I want to share with you what Christ did for me. You know, there was a time in my life that I had no purpose. I really had no direction. I was living for self, to satisfy myself. For the things of this world, I thought that I was going to play baseball the rest of my life. But God had other plans for me. And You know, God, He placed some people in my life that loved me. Some, some individuals who, who cared enough to, to share the truth with me, just as I've shared with you this morning. And as they shared the truth with me, I began to seek after truth. You know, one of the lies that the enemy tells us is there is no truth. That there's no absolute truth. Have you heard that one? I don't believe that because Jesus said as we shared a while ago in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And listen, when I began to, to seek after Christ, things started making sense. God gave me a direction. God gave me a a purpose in my life. He gave me a reason to live. He he gave me a peace that I cannot explain. And so I feel this morning that my sole duty today here at Faith Community Church is, is to tell everyone who will listen to me that God loves you. Sure, you're a wretched sinner, but God loves you. In fact, He loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son. The best that heaven had to offer. His own Son to, uh, to, to, to die in your place. You see, the Word of God is clear. We're all sinners. We all uh, miss the mark. We all come up short. Now, I love how Isaiah says He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And so there, therein lies a problem. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinner. We're all wretched. But what is God? God is holy. God is just. God is perfect. And therefore, God cannot look upon sin. And because of that, God cannot look upon us. No, so, so, so therein lies a problem. But that's where Jesus comes in. I love this story. It, I never get tired of telling the gospel. You see, God who is holy and just looked upon mankind and womankind who is sinful. And He said, I love you so much that I'm going to send my Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, He, he came to this, uh, to this sin curse world. He lived that life without sin. And the Bible says that, that He who knew no sin became made sin. Why? That we might become made the righteousness of Of God in Him. Is that not beautiful? That the God of the universe loved you that much? I love love how Isaiah says that. he He went on to say, after he said, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to our own way. He said, but God laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Laid on who? He laid on Jesus. Jesus took your sin. He took my sin. And I believe He took the sin of the world upon Himself. And he carried those sins to the cross. Friend, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he took your place, became your sin, became your condemnation. He took your sins. He bled and he died. And then he was buried. But praise God, that's not the end of the story, is it? He laid there two days. But on that third and glorious day, he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And I know Easter's not too far away. I never get tired of that song. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And so can you. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. If that's, a, if that's an order, can the musicians come? Let's play a verse of invitation. Listen, you need to understand this morning that Jesus became your substitute. He took your sin, your shame, and in exchange, He offers eternal life. In our text, Jesus said, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that he leads to life. In fact, there's only one way to God. And that's through Jesus. No man can come to the Father any other way. Listen, in closing, in life, we make a lot of choices. And I pray this morning that you'll make the right choice for eternity. Will you stand together? Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now, Lord, may your Holy Spirit do the work. I pray, God, if there's any here today that are lost without Christ, that they would come. Believe that simple gospel message and receive you as Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at FCCSOBO.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.